The Hamlet Podcast, episode 74. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet with me, your host, Connor Henrity. This week's episode covers slightly less text than usual because there aren't quite 20 lines between where we stopped and what's coming next week. Perhaps the most famous soliloquy of the play. Maybe, indeed, the most famous soliloquy ever written. Although, given what the setup that we'll continue discussing this week might suggest, perhaps it isn't technically a soliloquy at all. We've just seen Gertrude leave the stage after a revealing moment with Ophelia. There's something of a time constraint since Hamlet has been sent for, and so Polonius continues trying to stage manage the action. He tells his daughter what to do, and then tries to get Claudius out of the way. Ophelia, walk you here. Gracious, so please you, we will bestow ourselves. This is the only time in Shakespeare that the word gracious is used like this. Although he uses it so often within the phrase, my gracious lord or my gracious sovereign and so on, that a regular audience member might come to understand it as such. But of course Polonius is watching the clock here. As the king is moving, he has an afterthought, almost, and gives Ophelia something to do. Read on this book. That show of such an exercise may colour your loneliness. He's showing himself a fairly capable director here, providing his actor with a little piece of business that might explain her presence and her actions. It might make more sense to Hamlet to see Ophelia alone here if she's pacing with her nose in a book. Most likely a book of prayers, since there will be little references to that later on. It's worth mentioning that even in this tiny corner of the play, Shakespeare's language is great that show of such an exercise may colour your loneliness. This is infinitely more poetic than something like, if you pretend to read a book it might explain why you're here on your own. Of course, Polonius never stops talking too early, and as usual he has a little bit more to say. We are oft to blame in this, tis too much proved, that with devotion's visage and pious action we do sugar o'er the devil himself. Polonius is saying here that it's all too often the case that evil can hide behind a mask of goodness, whether it's devotion's visage or indeed pious action, both of which Ophelia will now be presenting to Hamlet. Of course she herself isn't being evil, but she is the bait in the trap being laid by these two men. This little moment is quite tricky to stage. Polonius has encouraged the king to start moving towards their chosen hiding place, and has just given Ophelia her instructions where to walk and what to read. His little comment about sugar over evil is not expressly to Ophelia, since hopefully she might question this. Adding to this, we're on the brink of an aside from Claudius, so now he has to get to a position where he can address us while the other two don't hear him, while Polonius is also talking in such a way that Claudius isn't really listening, and Ophelia hopefully isn't really hearing. With all of this going on, some editors think that all of the speech that follows should be an aside from Claudius, but I quite like the suggestion that he starts the speech as a response to Polonius, a little agreement, when he says, Oh, tis too true. If Ophelia is now pacing and trying to find a convincing walk for her reading, and Polonius is bumbling towards the arras, Claudius can pacify him with a little agreement. Oh, it's too true. Yes, indeed, you're correct as always, Polonius. Or something like that. And then we get a little peek behind his mask for the first time in the play. Claudius says, How smart a lash that speech doth give my conscience. The harlot's cheek, 
beautied with plastering art, is not more ugly to the thing that helps it than is my deed to my most painted word. Oh, heavy burden. Claudius really feels a sting from Polonius's comment about how a virtuous front can hide terrible things. He actually admits his conscience is feeling it and that it's a heavy burden. This is the first time we've had him even acknowledge that he has a conscience, or indeed that there's anything weighing on it. He uses quite an extraordinary analogy. The harlot's cheek, beautied with plastering art, is no more ugly to the thing that helps it than is my deed to my most painted word. Here we have the image of a prostitute and her face beautied with plastering art. If you think about what plaster does to a wall, it smooths over imperfections or parts that have crumbled or little holes therein. And here Shakespeare is alluding to the harsh reality that sex workers in his time would likely have been disfigured by scars and marks from venereal diseases, and so they would have used makeup to cover them up. The recent film Mary Queen of Scots even goes so far as to suggest that this might be the reason behind Queen Elizabeth I's famously thick white makeup. Claudius is suggesting that just as a prostitute's makeup covers something very ugly beneath, so his painted words are covering up his deeds. Now, he doesn't get so far as telling us what his deeds might be, but it's a bit of a twist that he even makes this revelation. And how clever, as usual, for Shakespeare to use a memorable analogy of a face and its covering right as a character is letting down his mask. It's genius, really. The fact of Claudius making this first step towards a confession does do something to the dramatic tension in the play, since he has all but confirmed that he is a villain. Or perhaps THE villain. Until this point, we've only had Hamlet's side of things, and to all appearances, Claudius could be a very good ruler, apart perhaps from the unseemliness of his hasty marriage. So this little crack is telling, and it tips the balance. Perhaps for this reason, it's frequently cut in performance, and has been for centuries, because of how it pierces this dramatic tension, and also, perhaps, because the production will be eager to roll into Hamlet's next appearance, where he's going to say something rather famous. And indeed, even Polonius interjects again here to say, I hear him coming, let's withdraw, my lord. Some stage directions here say, exit Claudius and Polonius. This presumably will be determined by whether or not the arras, or the curtain behind which they plan to eavesdrop, is actually on the stage. The stage directions will also here write, enter Hamlet. The big question is how much Hamlet might already know. Back in the early stages of Act 2, Scene 2, Polonius suggested this setup to Claudius, explaining that since Hamlet is so fond of walking here in the lobby, and at such a time he would loose his daughter on Hamlet, while he and the king would mark the encounter from behind this arras. Hamlet enters in that scene very soon afterwards, according to the stage directions, and he's first noticed by Gertrude, when she spots him with his nose in a book. Some productions choose to have him enter just a few moments earlier, giving him the chance to hear Polonius's suggestion. If so, Hamlet will be fully aware of the trap when he comes in during the current scene. Ophelia has indeed been loosed upon him, and somewhere nearby he therefore knows the two older men are listening to his every word. It's entirely the choice of a given production whether Hamlet is aware or not when he enters at this point in the scene. Does Ophelia attempt to tip him off? Does he even see two pairs of feet behind the little curtain, or is he totally unaware? 
The speech that follows is justifiably famous, and maybe it's one of the greatest in all of Shakespeare's plays. But since Polonius and Claudius are probably still on stage, and Ophelia is certainly there, is it technically a soliloquy? We'll have Hamlet enter next week and start pondering all of these questions, and some even more existential ones besides. Thank you for tuning in, as ever. It's always a thrill to see that people really are listening to the podcast all over the world. As promised, there will be a newsletter next week celebrating episode 75 and what's coming in the next few weeks after that. Be sure to sign up to the mailing list on the website, thehamletpodcast.com. If you haven't already found us on Instagram, do be sure to follow us via the handle at Hamlet Podcast. This coming week, I'll be sharing some fun clips from various interpretations of the scene we're about to do, so don't miss it. I'll speak to you next time.